0: You are listening to the VBAC Link Podcast, episode number 57. Today, we have Stephanie, who is currently living in Hawaii. I'm so jealous. And her husband is in the military, in the Navy, actually. she Her VBAC was in a military hospital. And so I am so excited because I don't know if any of you guys know this, but I served in the Army for five years. And so... Uh, military spouses, and anything military is really dear to my heart. And so I am so excited to share Stephanie's story today. And then afterwards, we're going to talk a little bit about military healthcare and what birthing in a military hospital looks like. So before we get into that, Megan here has our review of the week.
1: Okay, so today we have a review from Julie P on Facebook and she says, as a birth doula who specializes in VBAC, I am thrilled to support the VBAC link. It's the highlight of every Wednesday morning when I get their newest podcast. I recommend it to all of my VBAC clients. It's encouraging and
0: educational. So thank you, Julie and Megan, for all of your efforts. And Julie, thank you. Thank you for leaving us a review. We really, really do appreciate it. We know you hear it all the time. But we love these reviews, we read every single one of them, and
1: we always read one on the podcast. So if you haven't yet, we would love for you to stop this right now, go to Facebook, go to Apple iTunes
0: or Apple Podcasts, and leave a review for us. We would love to read it. Do you know something that made my heart a little happy today? I logged into our Facebook group. If you don't know, we have a Facebook group. It's just called the VBAC link community. We would love to have you join it. But something that made my heart sing today is I got on our Facebook community um, just to see the new post there. And somebody had joined and said, I just wanted to thank my doula. And she tagged her doula for recommending the VBAC link because it is so exciting. And I'm loving all of these podcast episodes. And she said that like in our VBAC community, which is usually where we get like, Questions and stories and things like that. And we don't usually see like people like brand new to the VBAC link and just like declaring their love. And it was really exciting to me. Like it was a completely caught me off guard. So if you're not in our community, join the VBAC link community and come and say hi to us and ask your questions there. There's so much support and love there for all type of birth choices. Mm -hmm. So um, come there, say hi, leave us a review wherever you want to. And who knows, yours might be the next one that we read on the podcast.
2: The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here are your hosts, Julie and Megan.
0: We wanted to take a second to thank the sponsor of today's podcast episode, Leche Love Breast Milk Jewelry. If you have never heard of breast milk jewelry, you are in for a treat. We know as cesarean moms and as VBAC moms how important and special that breastfeeding journey is. Whether you breastfeed for for a day or a year or two or three years even, Leche Love is Here to make a special keepsake for you to remember that significant jewelry. I just got my pieces in the mail today that I had made with my friend's donor milk that fed my baby. And I am so excited with how they turned out. Make sure you head over to our Instagram page because we are going to have pictures there. A special video also of me presenting my friend with this gift. But anyways, I wanted to tell you a little bit more about Leche Love They make it so easy for mamas to celebrate their breastfeeding journey with a beautiful piece of jewelry. They take care of all the hassle and the cost of shipping your milk to them. As soon as you place an order, they send you a collection container with a prepaid return envelope, and shipping is always free. The total amount of time from when I placed my order and then got my completed piece back was less than two weeks. We love Leche Love. They have a special treat for all of our listeners. Everyone can get $10 off of any of their designs at mylechelove.com by using promo code VBACK at checkout. That's $10 off any design at mylechelove, that's m y l e c h e l o v e.com by using the promo code VBACK at checkout. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I, like I said before, I am so excited. I cannot wait to hear Stephanie's story and all of the details and talk to you a little bit about what military, what birth in a military hospital looks like. So, without further ado, we are going to turn the time over to our friend Stephanie.
1: Hello, I'm so honored to be on your podcast today. I'm also a little bit nervous. So, if I talk really fast or I stumble over my words, it's just me being nervous. It's but just anyways, you being human. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and plus
0: so it's like I don't get to talk to Brenda very much. So it's like,
1: you know, we want to tell you and all of a sudden you're like talk to Brenda, and you're like it's like we're you're, your you're like, Oh my god, it's so
0: exciting. Like, so, yeah, um, it's total adult this counts as adult interaction. We count it as adult yeah, interaction. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, my name's
1: Stephanie, and I am married to my husband, Corey, who is in the Navy. He has been serving, and he's getting ready to retire in the next four years.
2: Yeah.
1: And, um, so, we met, and we fell in love, and we got married, and we got pregnant right after. Like, we knew we wanted to have kids. We got pregnant right away, and we had no problems with that. It kind of caught me off guard. We were so excited that we told everyone about it. And then uh, in October of 2015, I had a miscarriage, Aww. and I never thought that that would happen to me. I was a healthy person, I was an active person, I ate relatively. I mean, I was in Southern California, so I had a lot of In and Out burgers. but I
0: mm, <laughs> yum, cheeseburgers. <laughs>
1: yeah let's just say I ate a lot more internet <laughs> going through this. So that was really heartbreaking for both myself and my husband because we knew really, we really wanted to start a family. Well, at, shortly after like I stopped tracking anything because I was heartbroken. I was like, I don't think that we're ready to like, I'm just going to whatever happens happens. Well, we ended up getting pregnant again right away. Like I, it, and it, I was just baffled because I was like, uh, I, I was still heartbroken and excited, and then there was this other thing of fear mixed in with it. Because, like, am I going to have another miscarriage? And is like, is this going to be like? I don't want to tell anyone about it except for my husband. Yeah. And so then we went through the pen, we started the pregnancy, and the first trimester, I was on edge. I kind of stopped working out, even though I knew in the back of my head that wasn't what was. Would create a miscarriage. I was mm-hmm. just kind of like being overly cautious, I guess you could say. It. And I started doing, that's when I started doing research too on like pregnancy and birth. And that's when I started looking into like what friends said. And I remembered a friend saying that they did that that Bradley method, and Mm -hmm. I was, like, looking into it, and I was like, oh, what a great way to get my husband involved in this, and we found a lady who was actually, so my husband was based out of the Marine Base in Oceanside, California, and Camp Pendleton, and um, so we found a lady on base, so she's a military wife, and she did these classes. So we signed up with her and my husband was like, it was like dragging him. Like he was just clawing at the walls not to go because he like, what are you getting me involved in? And like we went through the course and this lady was amazing. Like she taught us everything we used to know. I went in with a bunch of knowledge on what to do, what not to do. And she got to this section of like, the last section was like, oh, if, if you did have a C-section, here's, like, a little tidbit on what to, to know. And I was like, yeah, all right. that's not going to happen to me. That's, like, someone who's, like, not in shape, who doesn't, like, that's just not me. Like, that's not going to happen, right? Well, at 40 weeks, I knew that I could go past my due date. But at 40 weeks, I was like, okay, we're here. Baby needs to come out. Like, what's going on? So I was, like, talking to our Bradley coach and, like, what can I do to try and help induce labor? And my parents came into town, and they were staying with me. So they saw me kind of go through all of this. Well, 41 weeks came. I I should say, okay, so I, I was going to the military hospital. Mm -hmm. And I loved going there. They did this program at that hospital on Camp Pendleton called Centering. And it's where you get, like, they get a group of moms that are due around the same time, like, in the same month. Mm -hmm. And so it's created such a great bonding time with me, with other military wives, like, that were having babies around the same time. So we would get together like once a month for our appointment and it was also them like educating us about birth and how they do things there at the military hospital. Mm-hmm. And we, we created these connections and the lady who ran it, her name or she she was military. She was in the Navy. And so it was so nice. She was a midwife in the Navy and I was like, Oh, oh cool. this is so cool. And she was, like, such a lovely person. Like, she educated us on everything. She was down to earth, told us, like, the ins and outs. So she had mentioned that the way the labor and delivery works, that is that like, it's kind of on a duty, duty rotation. Mm-hmm. So if she was on duty and I happened to go into labor, I would have her. But if she wasn't on duty, I wouldn't have her to deliver with. So yeah. that... Kind of, I mean, it was it was kind of hard because I was like, I could have her, I could not, and then and then back to when I was almost forty-one weeks, uh, they talked about inducing me, and they went ahead and um, they did like a, a membrane sweep because I was a, a, I was over a one centimeter dilated, so she did a membrane sweep, and she started... You know, I'm going to be on duty on Sunday if you want to come in and get induced that day. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this this would be awesome. Like, it would be so awesome to have her. But then I was like, I so wanted to go into labor on my own. I wanted mm-hmm. to go in naturally. I wanted to go the natural way. And I just, something was telling me that that was not the way I was, like, although I really wanted to have her, that just wasn't going to be the way I, I wanted initially. And, and so the day came, and I was so torn. I went to church with my parents, and we prayed with this lady because I was, like, stressed out and, and, like, didn't know what to do. And for some reason, after we prayed with this lady, I just felt like I needed to cancel my induction. So, I, I called them, and I canceled, and it felt like a, a weight had been lifted off my shoulders. I went into labor that night. And, like, early labor had started. Went through Monday. My husband went to work, and I was like, yeah, we're fine. And then Monday night, I couldn't sleep through the night. Tuesday, I um, was having really bad, like, back labor, and I was trying to time my contractions, but they were, like, so sporadic. Then we went in to the hospital. I was only three centimeters dilated. Or four centimeters dilated. Excuse me. And uh, they said that they wanted to keep me because I was past due. So we went. We got checked in. I told the lady that. So the another midwife had come in and it was. I was a little heartbroken because it wasn't the lady that I had been working with nine months, like seeing all nine months. And so I was like, Well, that's okay. Like this, this will be all right. And then I told the lady that we were doing Bradley method, and then I, I had made a birth plan. But I was like going through contractions. This is my first time going through this. And, uh they uh, didn't even ask for my birth plan. They, they kind of just let us. The, so they strapped me to not the baby, and uh, and then they let me get off, I was like I really need to stand up. I need to do something. I can't be on the side. So they let me go get in the shower with my husband and like my husband was massaging my back and massaging my back and, and running the water on there. And then they were like, okay, it, it was a long time. And they were like, okay, we need to get you back on the monitors. And I was like, okay, so I went back out. And they put me on the monitors and she asked to check me. And so she checked me and I wasn't really dilating that much. I do not really remember the numbers. But um, then she later on came in and she wanted to break my water. She said this will really help pick up um, the pace. And I remember learning like I I don't want that. That's like my cushion. I don't want that. Well, this lady was not she was a civilian, um, a civilian midwife, which is nothing. There's nothing against obviously nothing against. And I didn't trust her to begin with. I think I had some kind of bad vibes. And um, she came in with a tool, and she wanted to break my water, and I said no. And then uh, she checked me, but I'm pretty sure she did something and broke my water. Mm. And because she said, she checked me, and she was like, okay, I felt something weird. And then uh, she's like, oh, your water's already broken. And I was like, no, I don't think so. I don't think it was. So I don't know if it was on the verge when she checked me and it just popped there or if she had done something. But from that point on, like, my baby was um, posterior since my back, like, Mm -hmm. that cushion was gone. My back, like, pain was horrible. I could not do it. And bless my husband's heart. He... So like he tried to do everything by the book with the Bradley nurses. He tried to explain everything like you don't want the epidural. You remember your plan. Remember what we were doing. Like I said, no, you don't understand. I need the epidural. And he was like, no, no. And I went and pressed the call button. He took the control from me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, looked at him and I like gave him a death stare. Like what is going on right now? And then I looked across the bed, and I saw another call button, and me and my big old pregnant self leaped across the bed, hit the call <laughs> button. The lady answered, and I said, I need the epidural now. <laughs> <laughs> and then and my husband, like, I looked in the husband, and he looked at me, and he's like, you didn't want the epidural, just remember that. No, I was like, Oh, oh just God. remember that. I know, <laughs> like, in my head, I was like, You don't know what it feels like, so remember it <laughs> mm-hmm. So, they, my husband felt so de- defeated because he was supposed to be my coach, right? According mm-hmm. to this method, so he felt like he had somehow failed, which he has not failed at all. He has done everything that he should have like they came in with the epidural and he held my hand then at that point the lady wanted to put like an internal monitor on the baby and I said no because I remember that that went in their skull and I didn't want that I was already uncomfortable with having a needle in my back I hate needles Mm -hmm. so I felt like I was kind of paralyzed in my bed and then um, at that point, like, the lady and her nurse stopped coming in the room. They stopped. Mm-hmm. They only came in to check on my fluids. Mm-hmm. And that made me feel sad because it made me feel like they. my husband went to sleep, so he was like, well, I'm done. I'm tapped out. And then my my crew, like, my labor and delivery crew pretty much, like, they're like, well, she's not doing things natural. We'll just watch the monitor. Mm. Well, I laid on one side for hours and was sleeping, and they didn't even come in and say goodbye to me. They, the new crew came in, and all of a sudden at 7 in the morning, I have a fever 101. They can't find the baby's uh, heart rate. I'm like, how did this happen? And they didn't know, like, out at the front desk, or, like, how did, how did this happen? And so, my husband, I had told him before they even came in to go get breakfast because he was hungry. So, he wasn't even in the room, and all of a sudden, all these people are swarming in my room. And I'm like, I don't have my husband here. Something's wrong with me, something's wrong with the baby. And then my husband comes back, and at the same time, he walks in, the other lady walks, like the doctor on call, the military doctor there came in. Uh about doing a c-section because you have a fever your baby's heart rate is going up and down you can't keep it steady like they had me like on all fours at one point trying to find his heart rate then I looked at my husband and my husband was like I don't know and and I was like yeah well let's get the baby out like we need to get him out Uh and so they like everything happened so fast my husband was, like, he, my husband's already a white guy, he was ghost white, like, mm. they strapped me down on the bed in the operating room, like, my arms were strapped down, and I was, I'm not a loud crier, I'm a silent crier, so, like, tears were flooding from my face, and no one was wiping my face, and my husband wasn't in there, and mm-hmm. I just felt very lonely. Like, yeah. Like the doctors and stuff, like this is like an everyday thing. And they were talking, I remember them talking about their morning, like Mm -hmm. something was going on in the morning. So I remember the anesthesiologist coming up to me and him being like, Okay, you're going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. I'm here for you. I'm listening to you. Anything you need, you tell me. And he was, he was a saint. Like, he was probably the one, like, the one person who was. Really focused on me. And um, my husband came in and he was scared. He was scared for me and for our son. They got hurt of me out so fast. So that's my son's name. Um, they, like, everything happened so fast. And I remember saying, Is he okay? Is he okay? And they're like, Yeah, he's right here. And they held them up and I could see him. And Corey was. Like oh, he stood up right away, and they gave him to him, and like it was kind of in and out, and I couldn't even, I couldn't hold him because my arms were shut down, and mm. I could give him a kiss, like they let me give him a kiss, and then they took him away. Mm. And I told my husband, I was like, "You go with our son. You go with. Don't worry about me. You go with our son." And he went straight with them, and so you know we've been. There, and they were stitching me up, and I just remember telling them like, the one thing I could remember that I learned in the Bible is, like, double-stitch. You won't be double-stitched. If you mm-hmm. want to try for a V-back, you want to be double-stitched or something like that. And I remember saying that over and over again, and then the doctor kind of looked over the curtain and was like, don't worry, I'm going to take care of you. You're going to get stitched up. Just fine. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. And then they stood me and wheeled me into the recovery room. And then the recovery room, I think I skewed the nurse that I was going like, to crawl off the table because they were like, um, you need to stay here, you're still mom. And I was like, I need to nurse my baby. You guys Aww. don't understand. Like, I, at that mm. point, I was done. I was done cooperating with anyone. Yeah. And I was like, like, she asked me to lift my hips off table, and I, I lifted them up so fast. She was like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, that's really good. But so like, e- easy, easy. And I was like, I have to see my baby now. I, like, I have to look yeah. so, so they don't usually do this, but they wheeled my um, bed to where my son was in the other room. And They allowed me to nurse him for 20 minutes. And he laughed right away. And at that point, I felt like there was an instant bond because it was such a scary moment, a scary whole time. It was so scary that as soon as I had him in my arms and he laughed, it was almost like, okay, Mom, you can relax. I'm okay. And at that point, I don't remember anything for the rest of the day. Like, my husband has to tell me stuff. He was Mm -hmm. fine. He was 10 pounds, one ounce. He was born at 822 in the morning. He was healthy. I was healthy. The worry of infection was not there. I think it was just the fact of fever and the heart rate. And At that point, like, after, while I was still in the hospital, like, so hard to move around, right? Like, after a C-section, it sucks. And the, there was one point where uh, I was in the room by myself, and my baby Harvey started crying, and I couldn't reach him, and that was my breaking moment. Like I felt like I had failed, I had failed him because I couldn't reach him. I called the nurse, and they came in right away, but I was just bawling my eyes out. Like what could I have done differently? I can't believe I asked for that epidural. That was my fault like
2: anyways
1: the hospital was great After that, like the few days I was in there the nurses were amazing everything leading up to my delivery like was amazing like all the stores like I feel like sometimes military hospitals get a bad rap and like they do such a great job like they really do take care of military families and I am so grateful to them. And I'm just sad that that was my experience, like mm-hmm. that I had to have a C-section. It, it is, and I fast forward, so my my husband also was changing see duty toceses duty on the same time. So he left like three weeks after my son was born, and um, to Hawaii. And then we followed him out. He came and got us from around the end of December. We went did our rounds to see our families in the mainland before we came to Hawaii. And then, cause flights are just ridiculous. <laughs> so we came to Hawaii and I, I went to a baby expo out here and I started already like stocking up on information for <laughs> so when I got pregnant again, because I knew that I was gonna try for a VVAD. I knew I needed a doula. I knew I wanted to choose the hospital. So when I found out I was pregnant last year, uh, or 2018, March, 2018, uh, I was worried at the same time, I was really excited. And um, I was excited to try for my VBAC. And then before I even told my husband, I closed up this doula agency out here in Hawaii called uh, Best Birth. And the lady who owns it, she's just so amazing. Like she had all the answers to all my questions. She knew stuff about like just the best hospitals, the best doctors, that if I had um tricare prime, which is where, uh, you know, what uh active duty military um, families get, there's there's a difference there's prime and there's standard. So prime, you're automatically going to the um, military hospital and standard you can choose. You'll have to pay a copay. But you can choose which hospital that that accepts that Tricare. So I got everything set up with her, and I told her I wanted to be back toula, and she she recommended two to us and I was their background, and I didn't know one And she's her name is Fiona, and she's she's amazing from day one. She put all my fears to rest. Um, my pregnancy went by great. And uh, it was sick in the first trimester, and we didn't think we were going to have a, a girl because my husband comes from a family of five boys, and they told me I would never have a girl because I was married to an and <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we did a gender review, and it was a girl, and I was like, yeah. Yay. back and they all like I appreciate that people were trying to keep like me down to earth in a way that they like would say well healthy baby healthy mom and I'm like yes well that's all of our my baby when she cried. So I switched. I wanted to have an option of hospital, and I was on TRICARE Prime at the time, and I switched over to Standard. And I actually ended up to so the hospital in um, Hawaii with tri- Tripwire. That's the military hospital. And I decided that I didn't want to birth at that hospital. And I, from what I've heard, like they've done a completely, like, revamp of their labor and delivery, and I just had, like, I've had friends who've delivered there, I've had great experiences, and just, for me and my personal, like, I wanted to be in control of what happened, where it happened, and so I switched over to Standard, and I picked, like, we did a tour of the hospital I wanted to go to, I picked a a VBAC doctor. Um, my doctor was very nice. He was very. I mean, I didn't always get the warm and fuzzy because I had had a big baby. <laughs> my son was ten pounds one ounce, and he's like, are oh, you wow. have a second big baby?" So we just mm-hmm. had to talk about that. And Vax, he's like, "I support Vax," but he was also a doctor who seemed to have restrictions on mm. that. Like you know, like I support VBACs, but if you go past your due date, that's not good. Or if you've Mm -hmm. had a big baby before, that's mm, that's not looking too good for you. So I didn't, I wasn't a fan totally of him, but I'm reassured from lots of people that he was who I wanted in my corner if anything happened. And so, uh, and I was like, "Well, I'm going my doula there, and I believe in doula magic, so <laughs> we're gonna do this." <laughs> awesome. Um, yes, I have to say the one investment like that I did that definitely pays for itself a thousand times over is mm-hmm. getting a doula. Like mm-hmm. she, like m- she came to our house. My husband and I had a disconnect after my son was born. Uh, we never talked about my birth. We never seemed to really like connect with each other after that birth. Like if we were always cl- really close, I just felt like I had let him down. He probably he felt that he had let me down. and my doula came for an interview once at our house like just to talk to us and line us up like what we wanted. and she asked us questions about, our birth with our son, and she's like, and I was like, you know, we've never talked about it, <laughs> and so I was like clearing the air, the bad air, you know, like my husband said things like he was afraid, he didn't, he doesn't understand why I had to have a back when I wanted to, uh, when I could just, when I could just have a C-section and be done, because the whole situation was scary for him, right? Mm. Like, I, I never even thought about it. Like, it's scary for me because I was going through it. I was the one experiencing He was also going through it. Yeah. And I didn't even realize, like, we had never talked about it. So I never realized, like, he was also scared. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it just, just being able to talk about it before we had my daughter, like, that made me grow closer to him. And then my husband thought that a doula would be like, "Oh, you're going to be there. I don't have to be there at all." Pretty much, like Aww. that's a lot like my
0: husband.
1: <laughs> coffee, like yeah. Like, you know, you yeah. Have to wait in the waiting room until the baby's delivered, the and there's was like, "No, <laughs> not how it works." But and she she got a good laugh out of that too. But um, I was talking to her, and there was some fears, and like I. I had made a mistake of posting close to my due date that uh, when we think Audrey will be born, and that's my daughter's name. And there was some people who would comment on there and they, they were like, so and so date by C section. And it's like, people Aww. know that I was trying to go for a V back. And I was like, that's I cool. don't know why. Yeah, it's like, that's so disheartening. Like, I talk to my, like, I talked to my doula about it. She's like, don't listen to them. And she's like, she was, she would say, uh, what is it? Uh, get away from me, Satan. Like, <laughs> like me. we don't yeah. need those bad vibes. Like, we don't just do this, Like, yeah, right. Like, and then she'd just give me that extra, like, make me feel like superwoman. Like, like stop these bad energy. Like, we don't need this. Like, and, um, so my so, I had a fall on the beach chasing after my son at 36 weeks. because my son likes to run into the water without his floaties on, and he happened to get there and was like, looked like he was drowning. Um, so I, I went into the hospital and just to get monitored, and they wanted to do my doctor wanted to do a size estimate ultrasound. So he did the ultrasound, and he is like. Uh, At my next appointment, he told me, "Yeah, baby's measuring kind of big," and I was like, "You know, in my head? Like that doesn't mean anything. Like and, was like do the research, listen to the podcast. Like people have big babies all the time. I'm not mm-hmm. worried about big baby.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good for
1: you. Um, yes. So I'm a non-confrontational person. So so he was like, you know what? We, we need to talk. At my 40-week appointment, like, I managed to stay under the radar until, my 40-week appointment, and then he was like, yeah, let's schedule a c-section for 41 weeks, and my husband was in the room, and he, I don't need I was like, okay, and I wasn't going to schedule it, but my husband had left before me and said something to the front desk, and they had already, like, <gasps> booked the OR
0: by the time I got out oh there. Oh, my gosh
1: wait what just happened wow i'm wow. <laughs> like I, I went 10 days past due with my son and i was like i'm expecting to go be best past due with this one so the day before i was supposed to have my scheduled c section i went in with a bunch of, ex- of anxiety it was like my pre-op and i told I told my doctor i was like I don't feel comfortable with doing this. Like, I don't want to have a C section. I want to go to at least forty-one and a half weeks. And he's like, "Well, I'm going to be out of town, so I can do it probably on my neighborhood." I still think you should keep your original scheduled C section. And I was like, "Uh, no, I'm going to cancel it." <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I like really asked myself that before with my doula, and I was like. Like she pumped me up right before I went into my appointment, so Good. I canceled the section. I canceled it, and that night at one thirty in the morning, I woke up and I was like, "Oh, this is strange." And then I started like I stayed awake for thirty minutes. I was like, "I'm starting later. Like it's starting." Mm-hmm. It was like another way the weight had lifted off of me, I knew I didn't have to go in for my C-section the next day. It's like my body like let go of the stress Yay. like it did with my son. And so I was able to go into labor and I slept through the night. I let my do what and I slept through the night and then I, the next morning I stayed at home as long as possible, but the anxiety started setting in around, I want to say like two in the afternoon. And my doula was like, you know what, if you're starting to get anxiety, it's probably not a good idea to stay at home because that won't help your labor. Mm-hmm. So my husband and I, we got in pub, we left my son with some awesome neighbor friends. Like they took him right away and they I knew he was getting hands and I didn't have to worry about him. And then we went to the hospital. My doula met us there. Uh, we walked around the hall for a while, and then I was like, "Okay, I'm ready to go in. Like, I'm I'm ready. This is this is good. Like, I feel I feel like I'm farther than I was with my son when they checked me in. So we get in there, they uh, get me on the table. I I get dressed in the robe, and they get me on the table and check me. And the nurse says that I was two to three centimeters dilated. Oh my, in my gosh. Heart, Thank,
2: yeah. I
1: think. My husband, like, bless his heart, he does not have a filter, <laughs> and he said something along the lines of, like, oh, it's hard to be all over again, and I was like, Aww. oh, and you, like, I don't want to ever talk bad about my son's birth. I am so blessed. I have loved, like, I have learned so much from that mm-hmm. birth experience. i I'm so thankful that everything did turn out well w- in the end, but I was so, like, I, I, my heart dropped so much that if, it, if my doula was not there, I probably would have ended up in another C-section. Mm. My doula came up to me after the nurse left. She looked me right in my eyes, and she said, this is, sorry, no. this is not your son's birth this is audrey this is different we are gonna do this no what an amazing Gula. we're gonna do this and that right there is like she reached right in my brain and pulled out what i needed like she's like put this aside put all of this aside like you are strong you're gonna do this and um So many things happened after that, The doctor that was my, my doctor's backup doctor came in and informed me of all the things for C-section, repeat C-section, like things that could happen, (laughs) basically all the other fears of like rupture and, and things that could happen to the baby. And then they were like, did you sign this form? And of course I look at the form and I'm like, oh no, I didn't sign this. And then it's like all the things that could happen. I started reading through it. I was like, I can't read through this while I'm going in labor right now. Like, I'm so I just like initially, I would scribble on everyone and get this out of my face and get the doctor out of here. Like, I don't want to see that doctor again. <laughs> like, in my mind, I was thinking that. And then something amazing happened, and this midwife walked in and she came in, and I was in the bathroom. I was sitting on the toilet and we were la- laboring there for a little bit, and my jeweler looked at me, and she's like, oh, my gosh, we got passed. And I was like, what? And she's like, we just got left. And I was like, okay, like, what? what's going what on? <laughs> <laughs> and so this mid she came to me. She checked in with me, from what I can remember, and then she took both my I had two plans, birth plans, my C-section plan in case it happened again. I wanted them to know what I did wanted and what I didn't want for my C-section. And then my birth plan for my V-back. She sat down in a chair in my room and read through my plan. And that was that right there meant the world to me that meant that she was going to do everything in her power to make what i wanted to happen happen and then she came back in the bathroom and she said how are you feeling and she looked at me right in the eye and she's like how are you feeling and i was like i'm in labor <laughs> how am i feeling at this time like i'm in a lot of pain but, like, okay, you got this, and she, like, patted me on the leg, and she left, and then me and my husband and my doula, and we labored, and my doula made sure, like, another thing that helped me bond with my husband is I thought she would be the one in front of me the whole time. I'd be holding on to her and looking at her, and she'd be encouraging me. She made sure that my husband was the one in front of me, the one holding me, the one that I was looking at, And that created such a great bond between us. Because my husband saw how strong I was, and I saw that I could rely on him. Like, it's like we pieced it all together. Like, we pieced it together, what we had lost Mm -hmm. in my prior birth. And so, at 4.49 p.m. was when they checked me, and I was at the two to three centimeters. And then... At, I'm sorry, at
0: 8.16,
1: they checked me again, and I was at 8 centimeters. Wow. And I was at a negative 2 and 80% of face. And I was like, my doula and it looked at me, and she smiled so big, and my husband smiled, and realized, we're, we're doing this. Mm. Like, it's happening. This? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because the reason why they called the nurse in there to possibly kick me is because I had never felt the urge to push with my son, and I got this urge to push, and my Yula was like, "Stephanie, what was that?" And I was like, "I don't know. What was <laughs> that?" It's like you know, because it's like a grunting, like you're grunting, and and so she got the nurse, and that's when we found out I was eight I was eight centimeters dilated. So we completely, like we. And I had, like, a, a bulging bag, and um, they, they never asked me if I wanted my water bath. They never asked me if I wanted an epidural. Like, they honored my birth wishes. And so there was, like, I kept, like, granting and, like, the urge to push. Like, I always thought that, like, the urge to push was in your mind, right? It's in your mind. Like, it's just like, oh, I feel like I need to push. No, your urge to push is your body is (laughs) pushing. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Control this. I I remember at one point, like I was in serious lower back pain. I had the tens unit on my back this whole time, and that was such a like lifesaver. But there was so much back pain. I was like, started thinking, and I was like, well, I could always like just have the C-section. I could just tell him I want a C-section. And then <laughs> so, the thing that struck me was my husband would be like, he would never let me live it down. Like this whole thing of doulas and picking my hospital and doctor, he would never let me live it down. So <laughs> I just kept going through. And then at my one, I had one urge to push. And I don't know why, I always wanted, like, you know how you see it in the movies, it's never like how it is in the movies. When the water breaks and it's like this big explosion <laughs> water everywhere. Well, I was like laying on the bed because I couldn't stand anymore. I was so tired and uh, like this urge to push came and I got my movies. Water break. Like <laughs> it, it's like my husband got back and my little kind of danced a little, and then she ran out and got the nurse, and I was like, "Whoa, okay, what's going on?" Like, and then um, I, Daniel checked me again and um said that I had a lip fold and that I needed to not push, and it's like. They were telling, like, my dealer was telling me not to push. And I'm like, I'm trying not to, as I'm, like, in the, feeling the urge, right? Like, I'm trying not to push. And then she was, like, having me do these whole slips. And then finally, like, the nurse came in one more time and was, checked me and, like, said, like, said something. So she said to the nurse in the room. She said, Is there a table ready? And I was like, a table, a and, table? I, and I was like, I was like, a, a table Like <laughs> out in my head. I was like, What are they talking about? Like, what are they not telling me? Something's wrong. Like, what, what's going on? And then she looked at me and she said, With the next contraction, I want you to push. And then it clicked like, A birthing straight. table. <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I was like, Do I? I'm push, like it's happening, and then I thought, like because before the she looked at me, I saw the doctor walk in that I did not want to see again. And then she told me that, and I was like, okay, he's he's here to deliver. And then I saw Pat walk in, and she was like, got in the position, and I was like, oh my gosh! Was doing and, like in my head, I was like dancing so much, and then like I was down and determined for my baby not to get stuck or like. You know, I still have that fear of a big baby. Like, I don't want to be here forever. I probably should have taken my time with pushing. But I just followed whatever they said, how to push. Like, I, at that point, I was just so excited to be in the pushing phase. So so I got Audrey out in 20 minutes. Like, nice. I, I tore bad. I'm not going to lie. I tore pretty bad. But I got her out. And... She was on my chest, and I just kept saying, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Like, I couldn't believe, like, I had just done it. Like, this just happened. And one of the nurses came up to me, and she's like, Stephanie, you did it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I did it. Like, this, we did it. Like, this is, this is amazing. <laughs> and she was 9 pounds, 1 ounce. Wow. She was born yeah. at 11.25 p.m., Aww. And I got my t yeah. So awesome. way longer than I was supposed to on this call. <laughs> no, <laughs> you You're were fine. Great.
0: It's totally good. That is so exciting. Oh. So, it's,
1: it's, and I have to say, like, I encourage everyone to try. Like, yeah. one thing I loved after I gave birth to Audrey is I was allowed to get up. Like, I was, allowed, I was allowed to eat, and then my husband left with my daughter to go take care of whatever they needed to take care of, and the nurse came in, and she said, okay, let's go take a shower, and so she took me in the shower, and she, like, helped scrub me down, like, with, I was like, this is amazing, like, oh like it's just, and the healing was so much better, oh, my gosh, like, I'm sorry, I'm Anyways.
0: No, no it's, it's so it's good. It's so important because
1: it really is. It's it's so nice to just bounce back and get back into things, you
0: know, a little bit faster. Yep. Yes,
1: a lot faster. I mean, I used a boppy pillow to sit on for a week, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> God, I love those boppies.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're multi-purpose <laughs> Absolutely. That is so cool. Well, I just wanted to touch a couple... On a couple things about birth at military hospitals, you know, it's so tricky because I've been searching for, like, oh, do uh, military hospital cesarean rates um, differ drastically from just, like, birth in a civilian hospital, and to be honest— It just really depends on the area that you're in, just like any other hospital. And so any military spouse that's listening that has that choice of whether or not to birth at a civilian hospital um, like you did with TRICARE Standard or doing it at a military hospital with TRICARE Prime, I think that it really just depends on the area that you're in. And so if you want to know what the cesarean rates are of the hospitals in your area, a good website to use is cesareanrates.org. O-R-G, so cesareanrates.org. And these are going to bring you cesarean rates for all the hospitals in the United States. And they're categorized by state. And I realize this is only specific to um, military spouses or service members that are in the United States or CONUS. If you're OCONUS, then you're probably better off birthing off base because most other countries have better cesarean rates than ours. But again, take it. Take it by by your specific location. Learn about what the what birth in the military hospital is like, and learn what the birth outside of the hospital or outside of the military base looks like. And so, take that data with you. But there's some interesting things about birth in a military hospital generally, and these are kind of shocking. So, every year, about fi- 50,000 babies are born at military hospitals, and the New York Times did a study about birth at military hospitals. And they found that babies that are born in a military hospital are twice as likely to be injured during delivery as babies born in civilian hospitals are. And I found that to be really interesting because of some data that I'm going to link to our blog, thevbacklink.com slash blog. You can go there and check it out. But the interesting thing is this is a unique thing about birthing at a military hospital, If is that if you are a service member, like you are in the military, you cannot file a malpractice suit against, uh, if you have malpractice, like against you. And every year, from 2006 to 2010, the military paid out $100 million in malpractice claims, which is really interesting because for just 50,000 births, a hundred million dollars is really a lot. And this report by the New York Times shows that that probably would have been tripled if service members were allowed to file malpractice suits because you just can't, you just can't do it. So the defense secretary actually ordered a review of all the military hospital, um, hospitals last month about their maternity wards just for that specific reason, because You know, there's big issues going on. One of those malpractice claims involved a surgery where the doctor cut open the wrong part of the mother during a cesarean. Whoa. The wrong part. He operated on the wrong part of the mother's body. I know. And it's crazy. And military hospitals are like a really unique dynamic because every two to three years, you know, you get reassigned to a new duty station. So there's new providers coming in, new providers going out and they, and they shift a lot. And so the dynamic changes a lot. And so what was the birth culture at, uh, you know, a certain military hospital two years ago is probably very different than what it is today. And so there's a really unique dynamic. And so you have some extra challenges there when you're considering whether to birth on base or off base. And so military spouses, we love you and we realize the unique challenges that you face. And let me tell you what, We honor you and we respect you and we are so proud of you and your families because we know how hard it is um, especially because most of you are probably birthing in an area where you don't have family close by and where you have to like, like, um, you just said here, you moved three weeks after your baby was born. So, you know, I, and you know that, you know, that you don't wait too long to make friends and you welcome everybody in with loving arms. And so you kind of have this family community, but it has a, its own set of challenges. So, um, you're going to find some unique statistics in reference to that New York Times study up on our blog the vbacklink.com slash blog and we are so grateful to stephanie for sharing her story with us today and also we're so jealous because you're in hawaii i know you're probably like out on your lanai right now feeling that nice (laughs) cool breeze and i'm just um wish you all the best of luck
2: interested in sharing your vback head over to the vbacklink.com slash share to submit your story for information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julie and Megan's bios, head over to vbacklink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.